Hello, Varminians, it's Paul. And I'm bringing you hopefully the last rerun for a little while. Back at the end of August 2017, I had some reservations, but I started the Varmints discussion group there on the old Facebook. And you in the Varmints discussion group on Facebook have been so wonderful. It makes me wish that I had started the discussion group a lot earlier. So if you are on Facebook and you are not part of the discussion group yet, please join us. It's a really friendly community. We share pictures of our pets and other interesting animal-related things that we find on the internet. We talk about the show. If you have suggestions about what animals we should talk about or anything, it's a great place to go. Either Donna or me will respond very, very quickly. So I hope to see you there. And you can be a Varminian too. I asked the Varminians in the discussion group what episode they wanted to hear again today. Rhett Hall of the Brain Trust Brothers podcast, where both Donna and I were interviewed, said beavers for obvious comedic reasons. And while the Jackalopes episode started making a little comeback there at the end, the majority agreed with Rhett, so that's the one we're going to rerun today. I'll keep Jackalopes in mind, and the next time we have to do a rerun, I'll replay that one, I promise. A guy named Josh Hallmark was the reason we did this show. Josh Hallmark is an amazing person. He is the host of Our Americana, the Karen and Ellen Letters, and the Playlist Podcasts. Uh, Donna and I have had the pleasure of being on the Karen and Ellen Letters and Playlist. He is also the man behind the Two Pods a Day campaign, and he is a tireless worker and advocate for independently produced podcasts like this one. He is one of the busiest people I know. He's been a huge help to this podcast, and most importantly, he's been a great, great friend to Donna and me, and we love him to pieces. I hope to have him on to thank him and talk to him about his odd fascination with beavers, but he hasn't been feeling well. So Josh, if you're hearing this, first of all, thank you so much for everything, and please, please, please get well soon. As always, varmintspodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at varmintspodcast, all one word. And of course, the show notes for all of our episodes are at blazingcariboustudios.com. Thank you so much for your patience. We cannot wait to start recording again. We will have an all-new episode for you next week. Until then, please enjoy this encore presentation of the episode we did about beavers. You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. I'm spooty, I'm spooty, I'm spooty. Get spooty, get spooty, get spooty. He's spooty, she's spooty, we spooty. I'm just a beaver and I'm shaking my booty. I'm spooty, I'm spooty, I'm spooty. Get spooty, get spooty, get spooty. He's spooty, she's spooty, we spooty. I'm just a beaver and I'm shaking my booty. My two beaver brothers, yeah. Daggy and Norby. Uh. We chilling by the water, our fur don't absorb it. Uh-uh. But we living by the lake. And everything is great, yeah. Cause I'm spooty, I'm spooty, I'm spooty. Get spooty, get spooty, get spooty. He's spooty, she's spooty, we spooty. I'm just a beaver and I'm shaking my booty. Yeah. I'm spooty, I'm spooty, I'm spooty. Get spooty, get spooty, get spooty. He's spooty, she's spooty, we spooty. I'm just a beaver and I'm shaking my booty. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, 
on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul, I'm your co-host, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. Today we are going to talk about beavers! And because that is a request from Josh, Josh, we love you, man. Here's your beaver show. So let's go to the news. Customers at a dollar store in Charlotte Hall, Maryland, were shocked to find a furry brown animal scurry across the tile floor straight into the holiday section on Monday. It looked like the suspect quickly identified as a beaver, paddle-shaped tail and all, knew exactly where he was going. The creature searched and searched until finally he saw what he was looking for, trees. (laughs) Now, have you ever been in a store and you go down the aisle and you're looking for something and you just don't see the thing that you want? Yes. Yeah, he went down the, the aisle with the artificial trees. So Corporal Julie Yingling from the St. Mary County Sheriff's Office got a good chuckle when she arrived on the scene. The beaver was caught standing on its hind legs with its paws resting on a six-foot artificial Christmas tree complete with twinkling lights, leaving a trail of trash and empty boxes on the floor behind him. The beaver trashed the store. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see his little face in the first picture on the article? He's like, I did. you know. (laughs) (laughs) there it is (laughs) Uh, the suspect beaver who caused property damage attempted to flee the area but it was apprehended by animal control St. Mary County Sheriff's Office said in a statement on Thursday and they went they did a tweet and it went viral on social media it had almost 3,000 shares Yes. so yeah animal control responded they safely captured the beaver and they released him to a wildlife rehabilitator, and hopefully he'll be back out in the wild looking for real trees to chew on. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the <laughs> pictures of the so-called property damage. It looks like he just pulled some stuff off the shelves. I mean, human, yeah. human toddlers do that all the time. They just write it off. <laughs> exactly. It's so, it's so funny how they had to mention it, you know. Well, he did property damage. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I have two nephews, and the destruction that this beaver caused was nothing compared to what those two kids can do. (laughs) But he looks so happy. Oh, my gosh. He's so funny. He's like, oh, I love you, Christmas trees. So cute. (laughs) He's trying to figure out how to get it back to the dam, you know? He's like, how am I going to? It's all square. That's weird. <laughs> oh, what a great This has article. lights on it. My wife is going to love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so tempted to take his picture, though, and put a little rogue, like a World of Warcraft rogue costume on him. You know? <laughs> you should. Because the article says he's a rogue beaver, and I'm like, well. A rogue beaver. What kind of weapons does he use? <laughs> Is he a dagger beaver or is he like an axe beaver? (laughs) All right, that's Uh, the news. I know. (laughs) Well, that was a squirty one. Okay. Well, just a reminder, everyone, to go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Varmints Podcast, all one word, and at Varmints Podcast, gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. 
If you like the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a nice little rating or review. So we're going to learn about beavers, but before we do, we have a little announcement. Um, Paul, did you remember our chicken recipe contest? I did. And we picked a winner. We did pick a winner. Yeah. Our winner is Bridget Carey. She's really fun. This is what the recipe that she sent to us, so here we go. Ready? It's ready. two cans of corn, one carrot, and one cabbage. Now here's what you do. You drain okay. the cans of corn and place it in a pretty baking dish. She says one you wouldn't mind putting on your holiday table. This is supposed to be pretty festive. You carefully slice the carrots about the thickness of a quarter, American denomination. Once you have the carrots sliced, stir them into the corn and make sure to distribute them evenly. Preparing the cabbage is tricky, but any blacksmith can do it. Take a sharp object or <laughs> or in a pinch, a skinny blunt object will do. Bore a hole completely through the vegetable, watching out that you do not injure the integrity of the cabbage's form. This will be critical later. Now place the pretty baking dish in the middle of your chicken's pen and walk away. While the chickens are eating the main course, string a rope through the cabbage and tie it to one of the beams in the chicken's coop. Allow the cabbage to swing freely just at beak level. By the time you have completed this chicken or this the chicken will be coming at you ready for their dessert. Sis, that's a brilliant chicken recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not something that you could actually eat, but it, it, it if, tickled our funny bones. If you have chickens, then this recipe is for you. And I know we have more than one listener that has chickens, which I find we do. so fun. Yeah. But uh, yes, congratulations, Bridget Carey. And you will be getting a picture from Phil Rude of a chicken, an original picture. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. All right. Hey, you ready to learn about beavers? Ready. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? We are blathering about beavers today. The beaver is a large, primarily nocturnal, semi-aquatic rodent. It's uh, brown to brownish red to even yellow in color. Beavers are known for building dams, canals, and lodges or homes, which you're going to talk about in a few minutes. They are the second largest rodent in the world after the capybara. We've been talking about a lot of rodents lately. We've been really rodent heavy. There's a lot of rodents in the world, man, and they're all really cool. Their colonies create one or more dams to provide still deep water to protect against predators and so that, you know, you can make damn jokes because little kids love that. And they also float food and building material. Uh, that's what they, they build that stuff for. Yeah. Oh, etymology. The English word beaver comes from the old English word beafor or beefer, which means beaver. <laughs> <laughs> what do the roots mean? Like wood chewing cute thing. I think it's the, the roots also mean beaver. <laughs> Somebody looked at a beaver and said, that's a beaver. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like the be the parts of the word, like bee means cute thing, ver means like. Or maybe beave means cute thing that chews wood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cute, chewy thing. <laughs> big, cute, chewy rat. <laughs> it's a big, cute, chewy rat. Because, you know, there's languages like Welsh that piece their language together like that to, still, right? So 
Like, I'd love to find the Welsh word for beaver. <laughs> it's like, the cute, chewy rat thing. <laughs> Beavers continue to grow throughout their lives. They usually weigh from 29 to 77 pounds or 13 to 35 kilograms. So we, we have listeners in Australia and Canada and New Zealand and other parts of the world. We, I know we have listeners up in the UK, so now we have to start using space points so that they can understand what we're talking about. Mm. So yeah, 29 to 77 pounds, which is 13 to 35 kilograms, and they are 29 to 53 inches long, which is 73 to 135 centimeters long. So they get, they're, they're a big old rat. Uh, large brown rodent, large teeth, webbed feet, and a wide, flat, hairless tail. And that's a beaver. That's a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing. They're so I'm going to talk about their little building things that they do. They're they are the engineers of the rodent world. They're one of the best engineers on the planet. They're they are amazing. Um, aside from aside from humans, they do the most to shape the landscape of any other animal. Yes, they do. So it's great for the environment because when the dams are abandoned, well, this is one of the many reasons, when the dams are abandoned and they move elsewhere, the rotting form of the dam actually feeds the land around it and it's a really good place for wetlands to begin. And so it's just a great thing altogether. Beavers are extremely beneficial. They seem destructive, but they're very beneficial for the environment as a whole. So we should always remember there are more things that are being affected. Beavers may build several dams along waterways. What they want to do is flood an area large enough to have a safe home. They require a water depth of at least four feet in the winter so that the water won't freeze and they can get into their lodge. They have two structures. They do the dam to make their little beaver pond, and then they have a lodge. Um, which is where they raise their family and basically live. So yeah, for some reason, this whole time I thought the dam and the lodge were the same building, but they're not. They're two completely different structures. Yeah, two different structures. And the we're going to put in the show notes a little thing of David Attenborough studying a, a beaver lodge. He put some infrared cameras inside a beaver lodge, and it was pretty interesting what he found out. They actually, this set of beavers was sharing their little space with a pair of muskrats, I think. That has to be incredibly unusual. They, they appear to be paying their rent in moss. They're like, here you go, here's some moss. <laughs> here's building materials. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty pretty neat. But uh, yeah, dams are pretty amazing. This is how they build them. They start construction of their dam by laying a base of stones or thick tree stumps across the waterway. Then they move objects as heavy as themselves, and they can fell trees as wide as 24 inches. Once the dam foundation is in place, they begin to place logs and branches across it, and they weave them together as they build. And they leave lower relief areas along the crest of the dam for water to flow over. And then they pack the crevices with mud and pebbles and moss to make it sure that it's watertight. They can also tell if there are leaks in the dam by the... they can hear the water leaking out. Oh, wow. And then they go and get some mud and some moss and they go and fix the, the little leak. So... They keep them for quite a while. Dams average about 15 feet in length and 5 to 8 feet deep. The biggest one in the world is in Canada, and it is 2,800 okay. feet long. And that's 853 <laughs> wow. meters about. 
So, <laughs> yeah. That is huge. You should, it is so big, you can see it from space. In fact, that's how it was. No way, dude. <laughs> Wait. Ah. That's how they found out about it, because of a satellite photo. Like, what is oh, that? Oh, goodness. It's a beaver dam. Oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, that is amazing. You have a great story about a beaver dam. I do. Now, I don't know the complete truth, so I'll change the names for the safety of others. But uh, my boyfriend got it from the person who got it from the person who did it. So, <laughs> Okay. Curtis used to volunteer for the Department of Wildlife. Curtis is my boyfriend. And uh, he heard the story that there was a guy trying to get rid of a beaver dam. They needed to move it. They needed to get it out of the way. Couldn't wait for it to just deteriorate, apparently. But um, when you do that, the way that you remove them is apparently dynamite. (laughs) Okay, wow. That seems a little drastic. Yeah, it seems like it, but we know how tough they are, so maybe it requires dynamite. I don't know. But uh, So he put... He he had no experience with explosives. (laughs) He put... This is great. Let's get the guy who has no experience with explosives and give him some dynamite. That's the first thing about the story that makes me think (laughs) that it might not be true, but you never know. So far, so good. (laughs) So he puts the stick of dynamite on top of the beaver dam, lights it from far off, and it explodes and it's, you know, nothing happens. It's the dam's fine. So instead of just going gradually, he... Decided, well, I'll just try 50. (laughs) See how that does it. (laughs) And then, so he did that. And and the the shockwave broke all the windows in the little tiny town of Beep Boop Beep, Colorado. (laughs) And (laughs) and the beaver dam was fine. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, my God! Again, I'm not sure of the veracity, but... (laughs) But uh, it does sound like something a person would do, so. <laughs> I love that story. I don't know, because I'm definitely I'm not a demolitions expert, but wouldn't you put the dynamite under the dam? Oh, inside the dam, yeah. or under it for sure, yeah, yeah not on top. Uh. That is great. <laughs> and one stick of dynamite is a lot. <laughs> one stick of dynamite has a lot of power. <laughs> I knew a guy who used to take tree stumps out with dynamite, and he, you know, he only needed one stick oh, yeah. for a tree stump. So that's like. But he didn't put wow. it on top of this tree stump and sort of run. Like, <laughs> no, ah. he, no, he bored a hole in the tree stump and then put the dynamite in and then blew it up. Okay. <laughs> that is wonderful. One little um, misconception people have is that beavers use their tails to build these dams, and they really don't. I think probably in cartoons they show the beaver like putting some mud on the dam and then turning around and then patting it with its little tail. Uh-huh. They don't do that. No. They don't do that with their tails. But their little tails on the back of them, those wide, flat tails that are uniquely beavery mm-hmm. i guess for lack of a better word well yeah definitely because there's nothing that looks like that huh so, not really platypus have a beaver tail right i was just gonna say platypuses i think have that same kind of tail but i don't think they use it quite in the same way beavers do beavers use that tail for a lot of things they use it to help them swim kind of like they use it as a little rudder mm. when they're chewing on those trees they'll use that tail like a kickstand to give them a little bit of support so kind of like uh, like a little between their two legs and their tail, they're like on a on a nice sturdy little tripod. Oh, nice! Yeah, 
If a beaver is in the water and it's threatened by some sort of danger, it'll slap its tail on the water real hard as a warning to the predator, and apparently it's really, really loud when they do that. Have you ever been in a like a swimming pool and just taken like your outstretched palm of your hand and just slapped the top of the water? Yeah. Really hard? Mm -hmm. That's what they do with their tail. It's really cool. That is cool. Yeah, they also store fat in their tails for the long, cold winters, so it's kind of like a little storage unit for when they can't get food or when they need to keep warm. All that fat is in their tail. That's really cool. Yeah, their tails are neat. Beavers are cool. Beavers are awesome. All right, hey, it's disclaimer time. The Varmints Podcast knows it's not fair to compare animal intelligence to human intelligence, but then we only really have the yardstick of ourselves, so we're just going to do it anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how smart do you think beavers are? I gave them a solid 5, and I might be even argued higher, I think. So Okay. I mean, beaver dams are arguably tool use, and the opinions of the people that are experts about this do vary, but they, they're like, yeah, it's kind of... I mean, they're almost making a tool to make a tool. Not quite, but almost. So okay. that's pretty up there. And I'll tell you another thing that's kind of surprised me was when they need to get things to build their dam and their lodge and the area around them is depleted, they will build canals into the land to swim down and then they'll bring a log up the canal. So this is both because oh, wow. it's easier to float a log on the water to push it along than obviously to drag it over the land, right? But it's also probably to avoid predation. So they build canals to get to the stuff to bring back to the lodge. And I think that's <laughs> pretty intelligent. That's pretty darn smart. So is it is it intelligence or is it just nest building like a bird does except a little bit fancier? Uh, I think when you're building a canal, that's a tool to it's almost a tool to get a tool, you know? I'm thinking that's a problem solving that took hold. And, yeah. you know, there's the ones, the beavers that knew how to do this survived, and so it became instinctual. But, yeah, that's that squishy area where we go, well, what are we talking about when we talk about <laughs> intelligence? That's why we just kind of go, I don't know, ish, you know? <laughs> I, I would give them a, a five. Solid five okay. at least, but maybe a six. I don't know. I gave them a five as well. Uh, I couldn't really find a whole lot of information on beaver intelligence. I don't know that anybody's really tried to study it. But apparently they don't really make good pets, and you can't really train them to do anything. You know, they, they just kind of ignore humans. Yeah, well... I mean, I kind of don't blame them. Look at how much they have to do. <laughs> They're yeah, right. busy. There's a reason that we say busy beaver in our language. They are yeah. the busiest animals. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read something about when they're working and they're building... Like all everything else goes out the window. Food needs go out the window. The need to mate goes out the window. The need to socialize with other beavers goes out the window. Once they're focused on building their dam or their lodge, they are they have like a missile lock on that thing, and that's what they do. Yeah, and it and it they seem to sort of be just made for it because even the babies are like born to go. You know, the babies yeah. are like on their feet. Eyes open, first 24 hours of life, you know. Ready to go. Let's build, Dad. Come on. 
hey, we are going to talk about beavers in pop culture. We're going to talk about whether or not we would eat beavers and uh, the animal fact of the week. But we're going to do that right after these messages. Hey, guys, it's Paul. Today's show was suggested by Josh Hallmark. He is a friend of the Varmints podcast, and he's a friend of mine, too. And I want to tell you about the two podcasts that he produces. The first is called Our Americana. Our Americana is a podcast that explores unique small towns across America and examines the stories that impact, cultivate, and challenge community. It is a beautiful, poignant, wonderful podcast. It'll make you think. It might make you cry. And it'll make you feel good. It's such a good podcast. Please go check that out. And then the other one that he produces is called The Karen and Ellen Letters. Now, this is a podcast about actual correspondence between two teenage renters and their exasperated landlord in 1980s Oakland, California, and Josh's journey to authenticate those letters. And it is absolutely hilarious. Don't listen to it at work because you will get nothing done. It is that funny. Please go check both of these podcasts out. You can listen and subscribe to both of those podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you should visit Josh's website as well. It's at our-americana.com. And now for something completely different. Hey, you know, me and Donna, we're just a couple of nerds like you, and we don't see animals up close and in person very often. So let's talk a little bit about where we see them most of the time on movies, TV, and video games. And I am going to start with a show that is not necessarily about a beaver, but you're going to recognize the theme song, I think. Leave it to Beaver. Starring Barbara Billingsley, Hugh Beaumont, Tony Dow, And Jerry Mathers as the beaver. So, of course, Leave it to Beaver, an American television sitcom about an inquisitive and often naive boy, Theodore the Beaver Cleaver, and his adventures at home, in school, and around his suburban neighborhood. The show lasted about six seasons. It has attained iconic status in the United States. The Cleaver has kind of exemplified the idealized suburban family of the mid-20th century. And so Leave it to Beaver is just kind of a glimpse of uh, middle-class American boyhood. It's a cute little show, and you can watch every single episode, I think, on YouTube by now. I don't know if it's public domain, but it's not hard to find. Well, these are the shows that we used to watch in the 70s as a kid on TV. Like, they had them in reruns for years and years and years, so... Yep, it was definitely idealized. And it's still funny. It holds up. It does. It does hold up pretty pretty well. It, it's sort of irritatingly idealized every once in a while. Where you're like, <laughs> yeah, bit. every family in the 50s lived like this, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Do you know why it holds up? I think that it's... What, what were you saying about the parenting? One parent wasn't dominant over the other parent. In fact... A lot of the episodes revolved around the fact that they disagreed on what to do with the beaver. Right. You know? Yep, I remember that. So that was kind of unique. It also portrayed life from a child's perspective rather than an adult's perspective, which was pretty unique at the time. But the reason why it really holds up, I think, 
as I was reading about it, the writers drew on actual childhood experiences with their own kids and things that they went through when they were kids when they were writing the episode. So every single episode of Leave it to Beaver is based on or, or, or inspired by some true life experience that a real kid went through. Sure. Which I think was really, really cool. That is really cool. And then I was thinking about, I wonder how many of those experiences are the experiences of a child growing up in the 20s or 30s. And they sort of made them, because the beaver was in the 50s, right? So that's a right. totally different time of history to grow up in. And how well did it translate? I would have really liked to hear the writers talk about that. So I'd love to read more about it. If it was available. So. Yeah, well, I'll find some stuff and we'll put it on the show notes. Yeah, yeah. All right, for your pop culture thing, I'm going to play the theme song from the thing that you're going to talk about. Yay. I don't know why I was watching this in the late 90s, uh, but I was. So <laughs> I was in my late 20s at the time, and I had no children, and so no excuse. You had no reason to watch it, but you watched it anyway. There's nothing wrong with I that. I know that, but I'm just saying, you know, Nickelodeon <laughs> was the channel that hosted this, and they were generally a cartoon thing for kids, not really like today where we have so many animated things that are for adults specifically. So the Angry Beavers were created by Mitch Shower for Nickelodeon. It revolved around two little characters called Daggett and Norbert Beaver. They are beaver brothers who leave their home <laughs> to become bachelors in the forest near the fictional town of Way Out of Town, Oregon. <laughs> way Out of Town, way out Oregon? Of town, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's great. They went from about 1997 to 2001, and the complete series is available on DVD should you wish to indulge it is an incredibly cute little show. There was nothing educational about it. It's just a lot of silly characters just having fun and hijinks ensue. They have all sorts of fun characters that they hang out with. Um, Tree Flower, who's the love of Norb's life. And uh, <laughs> she's had a lot of jobs outside of the forest life, so she's interesting. There is... They have a relationship sort of with... a. Uh, wildlife biologist he's a wildlife television host called bill licking <laughs> 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 and they have a lot of fun adventures with him and it's just crazy and they're they're just silly and a lot of slap slapstick and stuff like that i remember one of them saying to the other what are you bizarre and i just, <laughs> I just we used to say that a lot what are you bizarre but they call each other spooty all the time you're spooty. No, you're spooty. I have no idea what that means, but that's <laughs> why they have the Get Spooty song. And Yeah, so there is no redeeming value 
of this cartoon socially, morally, ethically. You will not learn anything from it. It is just funny. It was just a really funny show. There's nothing wrong with that. Steel cut oatmeal is good, and so are Pop Tarts. <laughs> and Angry Beavers. You can eat your Pop Tarts while you're while you're watching your Angry Beavers. <laughs> it was a really cute show. Oh, speaking of eating. Yes. I like to eat. I do too. Yeah. You wouldn't eat beaver, would you? No. How did you guess? I didn't think so. <laughs> Look at our featured image today and tell me if I could eat that animal. It's not possible. There are places up in Canada where they serve beaver tail mm-hmm. in restaurants. Since it's so full of fat, they actually grill the, the tail on both sides and they'll serve it. And apparently it's pretty expensive. And I probably would try that because it sounds awesome. It's supposed to taste like bone marrow. Have you ever had bone marrow? No. Mm-mm. It's terrific. Mm. So any, if you tell me it tastes like bone marrow, it almost doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to probably try a bite. But I don't know if I would just want to eat beaver meat. They're pretty cool animals. I mean, I'm. Uh, it's hard, man. Well, I think it's mostly just that they're not in that not food category in my head. But uh, <laughs> but aside from that, the tail is almost all fat, so I couldn't tolerate that. I can't. I cut the fat off of my steak and put it aside. I can't eat it. So. Oh really? Yeah, I don't. I don't like the texture. So. Oh, I cut the fat off my steak and save it for last. Oh yeah, man. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't like the texture. So. I, I guess the fundamental difference between you and I is that. Your idea of food is very black and white, and I have a very, very large gray area that includes things like beavers. Seems like it's pretty black and white, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, <laughs> that's not food. So, Whatever floats your boat. I'm pretty adventurous about the f- eating different ways of preparing the food items that are in the food box, and the food box is pretty gosh darn full. I don't see any reason to add a lot to it. <laughs> <laughs> so hey speaking of food that brings us to our animal fact of the week donna yes is your brain a repository of useless information just like mine is yes well let's help people win that next trivia night or just sound smarter than the rest of the room with the animal fact of the week and while we're talking about food there is an urban legend that beaver anal glands are used to flavor food have you heard that one before yeah and i did the research on it a couple years ago too so it's an interesting thing so you know the answer already it's not entirely false but it's not entirely true either right there is a brown slimy substance called castorium that comes from the beaver's castor gland which is right under its tail and it's right there next to the old uh you know the old anal glands So beavers use this stuff. They mark their territory with it. They communicate with each other with it, and they do stuff like that with it. Now, we don't know who the first person was to stick their nose in a beaver's behind, but somebody found out that castorium smells so wonderful that they used it to start flavoring ice cream, chewing gum, brownies, basically anything that needed a vanilla, raspberry, or strawberry substitute. For 80 years, they used castorium. It is viscous, it's brown in color, it's insoluble in water or ethanol, and it's regarded by the Food and Drug Administration as so safe that companies don't have to specifically say that they're using it in their products. They can just say natural flavoring. So if you've ever eaten anything and you've looked at the list of ingredients and it says natural flavoring, and it's vanilla or or raspberry or strawberry flavored, 
Might have come from a beaver. Might have, but probably not recently, right? I mean, they kind of quit using it a long time ago. Yeah, because it's so expensive. I would imagine. Yeah, they can get those chemical compounds that make those flavors from plants, and that's plants are a whole lot cheaper than beavers. Yes. But they still use beaver juice in uh, perfumes and colognes Mm. or other fragrances, so you might be putting it on your body. And it's used in a thing called Baversnaps, which is a Swedish liquor that you can actually make at home because you can buy Castorium online and you can get the recipe for Baversnaps and you can make your own alcohol, which has beaver Castorium in it. Ooh, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I always love that story because it just occurred to me, like, the first guy that probably shoved his face in a beaver butt was probably some French-Canadian trapper, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Pierre, come here. You must smell this beaver bottom. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Where did you find this? It is on... It smells delightful. It smells like strawberry, no? <laughs> oh, I want to find out how to put this in a croissant. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure Canadian trappers are carrying croissant with them out into well, the wilderness. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a French thing. When they get to town, you know. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we love French people, by the way. We are not making fun yes. of French people. We just <laughs> we do. We just can't do a good French accent. <laughs> Your accents are so fun to do, even if we're doing them poorly. Oh. That, yeah. You have to put the ha 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 at the end of the uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Pass me that beaver bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, my beaver fact isn't nearly as funny, but it is interesting. They have orange teeth. Their little teeth are orange, and they are naturally orange because they have iron in their enamel. And that helps them be strong to bite through bark and stuff like that. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And rodent teeth are ever-growing, so they have to constantly chew on things, but it turns out that's just not a problem for beavers. They do constantly chew on things because that's what they do and uh but yeah their little teeth are orange and it's really funny yeah if you look at a picture of a beaver uh, you'll see big orange teeth and it's not because they don't care about their teeth and they're not flossing and brushing like they should be it's just that's the way their teeth are they're orange yep really orange iron beaver (laughs) like almost presidential orange yes yeah very close (laughs) <laughs> There's a picture I'll put on the show notes of a little of a beaver smiling, showing you his little toofers, his little orange toofers. That's <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Really cute. And I'll probably throw some baby beavers up there too, because oh my gosh, they're so cute. <laughs> they are. They are so cute. They're great. Yep. We love beavers. Beavers are great. Hey, the Varmints Podcast is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo. And music, as always, is by Kevin McLeod. This week on the Rugrat Corner, Sylvia has something to say about beavers. They chop down tree, trees and they eat plants, and and they also they also um they also um make dams. How do they make dams? They chop down trees. They look they look like um they look like. They look like shark teeth. 
They have sharp teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do have sharp teeth. What a cute little kid. She's great. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you, Sylvia. And thank you, Josh, for your suggestion. That was a, This was a really fun episode to do, and it was awesome. So thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, everybody. This was a really great episode. Woohoo! Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And until next time... Be nice to animals. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazing caribou studios. Copacabana. Hello, Copacabana. No. I love it. At the Beaver, Beaver Cabana. (laughs) (laughs) The hottest new lodge in Montana. (laughs) I have to do an art piece for Beaver Cabana. (laughs) I have to. You should. I really need to.